Welcome to Merrickville. Welcome to Bloody Friday, Sin is what it is. And in the house, Sam Mack. Hello, mate. Good, good to afternoon, have you back. Mez. Good afternoon, team. Let's do this. Fun time Friday. I'm feeling good. Absolutely. Let's line up the shots and smash a few. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Can we do a couple of laybacks? Are they something that people still do? Laybacks. laybacks. What's a layback? So I think, is it like an old man's straw pedo? Oh, right. So when you lay back on the bar and then, that, you know, an attractive woman from Coyote Ugly would come along and just pour tequila down your neck. How long since you've been on a night out in Sydney? 20, 20 odd years? Yeah. And when did, did you that used movie to go to come a, out? Yeah. Did you used to go to a place called Scruffy Murphy's? I did. Yeah, right. I do. Yeah. I have been. Things have changed. Don't need a night. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. It's Friday, Sydney. Yeah. Tastes like Friday, doesn't it, when I say tastes like Friday? In a bottle. Tastes like Friday. It does. Having a good time today. Sam Max with me in the yeah, studio. It's great to have guys. you back, Sam. Hello. Good to be on. Uh, I'm excited about today's show. Hurt Locker, I've heard a lot about this segment, have never been involved. So this yep. is a big wow. day for me. Yeah, this is this is for you to experience. Hurt Locker is truly one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my radio career because it is... <laughs> no, it, well, I haven't done a lot, so you know, the, be- the benchmark's what, what pretty What would be like your biggest achievements? In how many years on radio? Is it like nine? 20. 20 this is my years 20th on radio. year. Three good ones. Um, Ooh, how many? Oh, what would be two, your two, biggest? Two and a half, because I, I faded. I faded <laughs> yeah. at, at about August one time. What yep. would be like, if you had to go top three things that have happened in my radio career over that 20 years, mm. bang, what would it be? Oh, none of them would be on this show. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not true. Um, no, I would say that in the, in the most recent years, Definitely Hurt Locker is one of my favourites. Yeah, oh, that's good. Because it works on the theory, Sam, that no matter how obscure an item or a circumstance is, there's people who listen to this show who just go, no, I've hurt myself that way. Mm. Like, you know, literally kitchen utensils. Yeah, I've hurt myself that way. Yep. Um, toilets. A guy snapped his arm in a dunny. Really? Well, yeah, give you a little sample. Yeah, we'll yeah, give you a little sample, yeah. you see. <laughs> That's gotta hurt. Ouch, baby. Jumping up and down, trying to practice my somersault and landed on the springs. And I've got oh! my jacks crackers caught in between the springs. Everybody hurts. Welcome to Merrickville's Hurt Locker. Sometimes. See, so people get hurt. Now, it's one of the great Aussie skills, I think, finding a way to hurt ourselves on anything. We yep. should be really proud of it. Oh, and we do. And we have so many and varied ways. It never <laughs> ceases to make me laugh at somebody else's agony. In this, I mean, uh, story. In this <laughs> segment, Sam, we have learnt what a testicle outside of the scrotum looks like. Oh, Twice. Yeah, twice. Me. Twice. Mm. It's been well described. So, look, I mean, it's it's there's something for everyone there. Today's theme... <laughs> Today's theme is an inspired theme, uh, Sam, because I'm taking a couple of weeks off. It's the mid-year break for radio. Yeah. And I'm taking my family to Singapore. Great. Oh, that's racist. That's is Chinese. It? That's a Chinese gong, How mate. How do you know? I don't know. It just says gong oh, in, in the cart library. It doesn't say just random Asian gong. Oh, I'm right. saying nothing because we're heading into Red Simon's territory here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, going to Singapore because uh, I love Asia. I'm a massive. I just love Asia. Yeah. This is great. It's hot. You can just drink. And it's good times. And you know, in the past, uh, my wife and my family we've gone to Vietnam, and I'm not gonna lie, I can get a little bit loose there. And I wanted to go there because a mate of mine lives in uh, in Ho Chi Minh, and I was like, oh yeah, I can catch up with Rod. And she yeah. goes, oh yeah. So no, we're not going there. We're going to Singapore because my wife uh, grew up for part of her life. She grew up in Singapore. Loves it. Awesome place. But one of the big reasons is Singapore is the safest country on earth. Is it? Oh, mate. It is. I've been there several times with my family. 
Singapore is awesome. It's great for Australians because it's close and everything like that. But also, too, it's super safe. You never have to worry. It's got the lowest crime rate in the world. Right. So I'm going to go there and smash that barrier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are you going to start with? Just and some I'm basic gonna, level looting? I'm going to change the paradigm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to go and they go, statistically, what happened here in July? Um, no, I'm going to go there because it's great and it's safe. And the other thing too is they've got incredible medical facilities. You know, mm. They're a proper, real, hardcore first world country. Mm. Again, I'm going to challenge that. <laughs> so, And we're talking about it today, that the fact that it is such a safe place. But I thought, no, nah, there's definitely people have knackered themselves in Singapore. So we'll open it up. Today's Hurt Locker, Sam. Mm. Yeah. Is Asia. No, that's that's totally appropriate. Yeah, generic. That's a generic Asian gong. Correct. Not specific that's, to Singapore. Sounds Asian. Yeah, that's totally Asian. So one triple three five three for Hurt Locker. What have you done? What mischief have you done to yourself in Asia? Ooh. Have you ever hurt yourself in Asia? I've only been twice, so I'm not as seasoned traveller in terms of Asia as you have. But when no. are you going to pick up your wife? When to? <laughs> oh, psychologically, yeah, I've hurt myself many times in Asia, but <laughs> it's not that sort of chat. Um, all right, via a video link. But Bez, we take <laughs> we taking some skin off. <laughs> we would take um, people who've injured themselves with chopsticks. Because I would argue that is an Asian-influenced injury. 100%. Yep. What about this one? Um, uh, this is a classic one. People go to Kuchi in uh, Vietnam. And in Vietnam, you're allowed to use, you can go to these Kuchi uh, tunnels. Mm. And you can just, you know, blaze away with an AK-47 or an M16 or an really? M60. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a classic case because I think the locals don't inform people. But people go right up and they sight the gun as close to their face as they can because they've never fired oh. a military-grade weapon. <laughs> and the kick just goes, <laughs> bang! Broken nose, blood everywhere. And it happens all the time. But people just go, oh, just pointing it at the right direction, bang, yeah. into the face. Guns don't tooth. kill people. Idiots using guns kill themselves. <laughs> Aussies hurt Aussies. One triple three five three for Hurt Locker today. Asia. Anything. Anything to do with Asia. Great to celebrate Hurt Locker yeah. with you. These are the experiences of uh, Australians who have hurt themselves with a specific, sometimes it might have been, uh, what are some of the weird ones? Fruit was actually one of the most dangerous What was the ones. worst fruit-related injury you guys heard about? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this poor bloke. Oh, should I not have asked? Is no, it be... it's a great story. No, uh, a guy who was on a job, like, you know, a, a, a work site with some friends, and uh, the <laughs> boss, well, not friends, yeah. um, <laughs> they froze uh, an apple and uh, threw it to a guy, and he said, they said, catch it in, the, in your mouth. Oh. Right? And he froze oh. it and... Lost some teeth. Big surprise, smashed all of his front teeth oh out. Oh, God. Yeah, so... that's so, the calibre we're dealing with. Hang on, hang on a second, hang on a second. Triple <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Do you understand Thank now? You. Something yeah. didn't feel right. Somewhere else, you just yeah. go, no, that's not computer... Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there we are. Okay, uh, smooth. But today we're doing uh, Asia-related injuries because yes. you're heading off to Singapore. Yes, that's on right. The weekend, and I'm going to do. Mis- I'm going to see the inside of my. No, I'm not going to see anything. I'm not going to. There'll be no degloving. Uh, my phones are a bit knackered. Oh, okay. Sorry, mate. Out? We've got Rory in Liverpool. Rory, what's your uh, your Asian-related injury? Hey, what up, Merrick? Hello, mate. Hey, uh, my related injury is my girlfriend, Pepe Island. Two uh, two of us are walking around the rocks and stuff, and she's grabbed hold of a branch on the edge of this little cliff. Basically, the rock went, the branch went at the same time. She's tried to grab onto the rock and smacked her teeth and her face and cut it all up and then fell about five metres and broke her leg and oh. was all sorts of messed up. We spent four days in the hospital. Oh, glory. 
Rory, yeah. what an opportunity to do a runner and start a new life. But no, you, <laughs> but no, you stuck with it, didn't you, Ozzy? I think that's why she's still with me, mate. Oh, how, so how long was she in hospital for? Uh, three nights it was. You in know, Thailand. sometimes when there's a when there's an injury like that, a really graphic full-on injury in a relationship, somehow it's the other person's fault. Was there at any point yeah. when she <laughs> said, well, well, if you didn't I take did. us near that so part I of the said, rock. Yeah, you're right. It was sort of my fault because I said, don't go up there. <laughs> oh, well, Rory, I'm sorry, but I've just lost all pity for you because you told her not to do something. Then she did it. That's clearly your fault. Yeah. Excuse me. Surgery, $10,000 or oh. caboodle. Yeah, what I'm going to do is send you the man's handbook, which will explain why you're wrong, even though you were correct. <laughs> uh, let's get to Chris and Narenburn. Hello, Chris. Hey, America, how you going, mate? Very good, mate. All right, we're to, doing Hurt Locker Asia stories. Go. Mate, I was a uh, school trip down to Malaysia, and we're at the water park, and uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to run up the escalators the other way. Slipped oh. and uh, cut open my big toe. Oh. Uh, ended up in a back ran in clinic and got five stitches. Ooh. Gave me about six needles of locals and I felt every needle and every stitch. This might sound harsh, but you deserve that. <laughs> I hate people no, who no, do no, that. Don't you think... What... Impressed was very pretty. Oh, <laughs> Has anyone okay, okay. ever been impressed by that? What, somebody running up the yeah, escalator yeah, the wrong way? I haven't. <laughs> it's usually the blokes. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you got to live a little. Seriously, that's probably why you're single. You haven't been running up escalators yeah. the wrong way. Yeah, but I'm single with teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and toes. Winning. Well. All right, okay. We've got uh, Corey and Rudy Hill. Hello, Corey. G'day, guys. How are you? Very good, mate. Good, mate. Just by the name, Corey, it's either Corey, Glenn, or Troy. You mm. always get good stories from. A lot of pressure here, Corey. <laughs> Um, I was 16 and I was in Japan on a Cotswick Saints tour with school. Yep. And down in Hiroshima, looking at all the relics of the atomic blast and all that. Yep. And they've got one tree there in the Peace Park. Yes. That survived the bomb. Yes. Taking a photo in it, walk straight into it. <laughs> <laughs> and did it, did it survive? <laughs> it survived oh, yeah, the, the bomb. Survived. Did it survive you walking into it, Corey? <laughs> Yeah, the only thing that got hurt was my pride. Yeah. But how funny if you did actually, that, like, it, it knocked over the tree and killed the tree. They just go, how? An atomic bomb and then Corey. <laughs> yeah, couldn't survive also, Corey. Also, too, like, I've been there. There's only one tree. How did you <laughs> He's managed to find the one yeah, it's, tree. It's not watch out for the trees. It's watch out for the tree. <laughs> the Singular. Tree. It's on its own. It's marked as the only tree. Oh, there's Corey. He's whacked his head on it. Uh, let's get to Dave. Hello, Dave. G'day, mate. How are you? Good. All right. Hurt Locker Asia edition. Yeah. Three years ago, Sunclown Patia. Um, In Thailand. A couple of, got, yeah, Thailand. Got yep. there a couple of days early to beat me mates and cut loose a bit. And uh, <laughs> went up to Johnny and, and uh, Gentleman's Club there and uh, oh. had a bit of a play. And on my way back, I oh, the girls on my scooter. Um, it was all oil all over the road and come off and... Smashed me head and got 300 stitches. Oh, 300 I've never heard stitches. Of 300. Uh, yeah, I got the photos to show you. Mate, you've got to send them through to my producer, Dave. Do not Just hang of out. the stitches, oh, Dave. We don't need to see the other happy snaps <laughs> no, from that whole holiday. Lot. I want to see his entire trip no. from the time he arrived. <laughs> I want to see all of those photos. And if you have time, put in the ones of the stitches as well. <laughs> 
Brett, and the cricket world is potentially going to collapse in about 18 minutes. Uh, it's D-Day, isn't it? Yep. 5pm today is the deadline. Uh, it's a very scary one for cricket bosses and players because the association can't agree on a new pay deal. Now, uh, I don't understand the ins out of it, but there's 230 players mm-hmm. who are out of contract and will not be paid a retainer until a memorandum of understanding is agreed to. So Liam. what is the memorandum of understanding? Uh, so the memorandum, uh, just to provide a bit of history, and these are rough details, but basically Cricket Australia and the Players Association have always been in agreement of you know their salaries, essentially, and how much the players get paid. Mm-hmm. And uh, up until now, that memorandum of understanding, uh, the players have shared in a percentage of the revenue that Cricket Australia makes. Yep. Um, Cricket Australia wants now to make them share in a, in the profit they make, which, if you go and look at the figures, is a substantial difference. So basically a pay cut exactly. is what we're talking about. So um, it actually sounds like uh, a Harry Potter, you know, Harry Potter and the Memorandum of Understanding. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the, the new Harry Potter <laughs> yeah. coming it's out. It's such a weird thing. Like, just read it. A Memorandum yeah. of Understanding. Mr. of Azkaban yeah. or whatever it was, yeah, exactly. a Memorandum of Understanding. Which, We've seen them all. Well, Steve Smith does look like he could be a character <laughs> yeah, in Harry Potter, actually. actually. Uh, but yeah, so the, look, it's due to expire today. The players, the Cricket Australia has offered the players a contract. They've yep. said, no, we're mm-hmm. not happy with that. The players say they want to support all the domestic players, the less successful That's players, good. as well as the new like women's that. That's good. cricket teams. Yep. Um, Cricket Australia also says, well, they're doing it to support great. Grassroots level, so you know they're all trying to get the the higher path. They're trying to yeah. get the you know the high moral the ground moral on ground. this. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, mm. we're in a situation mm. where uh, David Warner and Steve Smith and these guys could be unemployed as of tomorrow. Yeah, God, I feel sorry for those many years. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, though, it, Liam, if, is there a chance? What happens if they go past the deadline at five pm? Yeah. There is no cricket players. Like, I mean, you've, you've got to have... No, there's, got no well, there's still cricket players. They don't disappear. You got, don't, yeah, I know, but you've got 70 players who are con- contracted. They can't step out onto the pitch yeah. if they're not contracted. All of a sudden, the uh, local competition gets really... The standard lifts in the local competition. Or, or they all start taking up other sports, you know, just because Ooh. they want to earn a crust. Yeah, yeah that's it comes point. the battle for the players. Look, there'll still be cricket players, and, and these guys, these top line players, can go off, and, you know, to the IPL and all the other twenty twenty competitions that's... all around the world and earn money. Yeah, uh, but the big question for Australia is the Ashes. The Ashes series is is here this summer, yeah. and you know, I, I think it'll be sorted by then. They'll tie but... up a deal before the Ashes because there's no there's no cricketer in the country that doesn't want to support putting forward our best team for the Ashes, surely. Mm. Mm. But there's... but the, Other than Stuart McGill. But <laughs> if you, if for those people who have been following the discussions, that neither side shows any signs of budging. Like, it is really quite remarkable. No one is... It's really a blink-first sort of situation and so no one's blinking at the when moment. is the next, I guess, top-level game or series that this could affect? Like, is there one coming up in the next month or...? Well, again, this is... It gets a little bit... It gets a little bit boring and nitty-gritty, but there is a tour coming up where a couple of players like Usman Gwaja and Glenn Maxwell yep. who want to promote their cause for the Ashes yes. uh, have been named in a squad. They're not going to be contracted. So they're essentially being asked to play for free mm. to push their cause to be mm. named in the Ashes selection. squad. So they're going to have to do a lot of Weet-Bix commercials. Sanitarium's the real, real oh. winner yeah, oh, yeah. out of all this. Wow. Okay. Well, look, I mean, obviously Opt- Optus will step in and, uh, <laughs> and help them out. Um, it's interesting because there is a negotiation going on right now and yeah. uh, we can actually cross live to oh, can we? Yeah, to the boardroom at Cricket Australia now where negotiations are taking place. Yeah, so Glenn said, uh, why don't you come do some big game shooting in Africa? And I was like, yeah, okay, can't see that not working. All right, guys, we are here to discuss a resolution that will see the players back playing cricket. Mm, mm. First of all, Stuart McGill. What about him? 
Uh, I haven't thought of the joke yet. I just know that he's the punchline. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anything else? We want tighter pants. Yeah, tighter pants. What? How tight? 80s denim tight. 80s de- Won't that present a bit of a mobility issue? Tight pants flies ice. Yeah, two plums and a banana. We also want to be able to drink and smoke during games. Well, that is not going to happen. Well, we gave it a shot. Yeah, I can't say we didn't try. Is that it? Okay. We've agreed to pay for play percentage and tighter pants, apparently. Was there anything else before we draw this into a contract? Tight pants! Yeah, you said that, mate. Okay. Done deal. It's a win for cricket. Join this afternoon by Channel 7's very own Sam Mack. Great to be on, guys. Love catching up with you on a Friday. Um, got some, well, a big a big announcement to share very soon and I guess a cause for celebration. So wanted to do it in a, in a place where, you know, people would appreciate it. So that's coming up very, very soon. Really? Mm. Yeah. And it's big announcement. Massive announcement. Massive? Yeah. About something that's happened in my life. I want to share it with you guys oh and our God. listeners. This is big time. Are you going to propose to Merrick? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> I, already, I already know the answer to that one. Of course. <laughs> Sam, you've got a bit of a big announcement you'd like yeah, to make. Um, Here we go. I decided to do it on your show because I think, you know, I've established a good um, good rapport with you guys. I yeah. love coming on the show. Um, yeah. The only show that has me on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so I thought, what a, what a spot, what a time to do it on a Friday. You know, everyone's in a good mood. They love hearing good news stories. And and I knew that you, you would appreciate it. So mm-hmm. this week was a really big milestone in my life. And... Um, it's something that I guess, you know, I've been working towards for a long time. And you know, when you get that news that you just, it blows your mind, you're like, it's actually happened. Like it's something you'd always thought I'd love that to happen, but until it actually happens and it sinks in, it's like, this is incredible. Oh my God. You've killed Koshi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tune in Monday. New host. <laughs> no, it's not that. Um, I am delighted to announce that earlier this week on Tuesday, at about 8.47 p.m., my cat, my rescue cat, Coco, the white vermilla, reached 1,000 followers on Insta. Come on. Join in, Nez. Get up. Come on, bro. Let's celebrate. Here we go. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. (laughs) There's a few few levels of astonishment here for me. Um, uh, where to begin? Uh, number one, that you care that much for a cat. Number two, that you've set up an Instagram account for the cat. Number three, the cat has an Instagram account. Number four, other people are following your cat on Instagram, even though it's a cat. So let me show you the account. It's called Life of... Oh, no. Do you need to show me? Life of Miss oh, Coco. I follow, I follow, I follow Miss Coco uh, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it now. 1,077 followers. It's a, it's a juggernaut and it's run by myself and my housemate slash cat sitter, Jasmine, who does mm. a lot of the Photoshop work on it. You can see photos of Coco in a little hat that someone sent in from Japan. You can get cat hats from Japan. You can see photos of Coco on the cover of Forbes magazine there, you oh, know, as yeah. a power player. Okay. So that's, that's I'm really excited about it. 1,000 1, followers. 1,077. Mm-hmm. And I, I look, I can sense a little bit of um, you know angst from you, probably because she's only nine thousand behind you now. A little bit yeah. worried. Yeah, yeah I am. she's oh, coming she's for closing, you. She's closing in on me. Big time. She's, she's five hundred in front of me. If, yeah, that's not hard. <laughs> uh, if you would like to see Coco reach ten thousand mm. followers, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, you'd love it. No. Okay, what are you prepared to do? Yeah, like anything, oh, anything. I'd do anything good. for that. Dress her as a hooker. <laughs> oh. She's not that sort of. She's not cat. that sort. Oh, actually, 
Actually, no, no, she's not that sort of cat. Uh, she licks herself for free. But if, I'm pretty sure that she... If, if she was, she'd be like a high-end, like, you know, yeah, top-level, like, yeah. you know, business business cats. Yeah, you for know, anyone who's just you know, turned the radio she, on, we are talking about a cat. She's, she's a cat She's a cat for, for Russian businessmen, not, you know, not for cheap. Sam Mack, we've taken this conversation Coco. too far. Thank Don't you. follow Miss Coco. If you're following it now, stop. stop People are following that. it. I want to talk about a friend of uh, my producer, Liam's. Mm. Now we, you might have heard earlier in the week, Liam, you had a bit of an unfortunate incident. Yeah. We were watching, we were watching live news coming through as the feed, as we have here in the US. Yeah. We'd like to be up to date with what's going on in Sydney. And the a Sydney man had been arrested and accused of targeting three elderly people, scamming them of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Turns out, your mate. Yeah. Well, I was, I was standing in here and and we were getting ready. I think it was uh, Wednesday when Cam Knight was on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, up on the screen popped the photo and I thought, I don't know that bloke. And then the story uh, was read out by the news reader and I thought, oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, he's been, um, he's been arrested. A uh, gentleman I know. And no, the brilliant say a gentleman I know. Your mate. The brilliant, say my no, mate. No, the brilliant, the brilliant part about this now is, is that because there is a case pending, I can't, you know, it, we can't comment. We're not commenting on that. Okay. I'm just saying that you now have a friend who no. has been charged with a crime. So now you know what it's like to be in my social group. <laughs> or to be your yeah. mates. No, no, you used to sit out the, on the outside and judge me. Now, <laughs> one of us, one of us, one of us. You wait till you get charged yourself, Liam. It's not too late, mate. I always say that. Never too late to be a recidivist. All right, let's move on. That's what I always say. Yeah. So your friend got pinged uh, $750,000 worth of uh, money. that He's he, been charged. He's been charged. Allegedly. I said pinged. I, did, I said pinged. Uh, he has been charged. That's a fact. Mm. Uh, and he's from Vaucluse. So he's targeted three elderly people um, at the age of 70 in Vaucluse for $750,000. So obviously he's just gone through their purse. and just <laughs> The back of the couch. Ch- yeah, you know, he's gone the console <laughs> of the Maserati <laughs> and uh, just got the loose change out. Just a tidy little quarter of a, three quarters of a million dollars. Mm. Um, now he's been uh, allegedly uh, posing as a financial advisor. Mm. And then he's obtained ill-gotten gains as a result of it. That's the allegations. So it would appear there's been a, a, you know, he's potentially been allegedly running a little bit of a scam. Have you ever been scammed? Uh, I've never been scammed. I I once when I was, I was, I felt like I was onto the scam as it was happening to me. Um, I was traveling, driving through Europe and uh, the police, I got pulled over by the Czech police. They pulled me in and directed me into How did they pull you over? (laughs) Pull over! Pull over! (laughs) Is that how they do it? No, okay. not even close. I was just wondering. Uh, no, they pulled. They directed you into a service station, and and basically in their broken English, she explained I didn't have the appropriate um, clothes. <laughs> yeah, I had no pants on, so they were going to find me. Mm. No, they. I uh, didn't have a sticker or something that I needed to have mm. for the high car I was driving. Oh yeah, here we go. Um, I said okay, no worries, and they took me in. I bought the thing for fifty euro or whatever, and then they said, and now you have to pay the fine for not having it in the first place. And I said, well, how much is the fine? They said, well, it's seven hundred euro. I said, well, I'm sorry, I don't have 700 euro. I quickly took And the... they said, there's another way, there's another payment yeah. method, young And that's man. a story that uh, I'll have to tell you about off air. But, mm. but I, the, the, um, the words pretty mouth came up. Got, that's an awful thing to I hear got out of it. I got it. out of it for about 100 euro. Oh, really? Yeah. You got out of that? Yeah, I got out of it euro. for 100 euro. I'll give them 700. Once you, <laughs> once you hear the term pretty mouth, you're out. Sorry, I'll give you whatever they you need. They didn't say pretty well, mouth. Well, <laughs> have you been scammed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I haven't been scammed. Not is not Georgie playing a long scam on you? It's a big game. Yeah. It's a big game. 
I'm going to hit 50 and she's just going to go, guess what? Yeah. Gone. There's with some the kids. steep stairs in your house. I feel yeah. like you might get pushed down at what, any point. What? Why don't you um, walk down those stairs where I've laid all that Crisco all the way down the stairs there? Go on, Tiger. Run down there. You're half, yeah. you're half pissed. Run down yeah. there. Uh, no, I haven't. I, I, the first time I ever experienced a scam was when I was a boy and I was overseas with my family and uh, we were in Spain. Mm. And uh, my man was driving, because with the Griswolds family, the Watts family is generationally like the Griswolds, right? We mm. like to travel, but we also like to do it on the cheap. And, and your dad and looks it. like Chevy Chase. Yeah. Mm. And he's dead. Thanks, Liam. No. He doesn't look like him at all because he's dead. But thanks for bringing <laughs> it up on air in a hurtful space for me. This is supposed <laughs> to be my safe place in here. You brought up my father's death in an untimely fashion. Let's. I'll try to move on from that. So we're in a van. I'm not laughing. No, you are. You're laughing at my father's death. Um... We were in a van, my father, my former father and I were in a, we were in a van, like a camper van. We're camper van, yeah. right? Cause that's how we did it. Griswold style. Anyway, we're driving through the streets of somewhere in Spain and, uh, <laughs> down a laneway, my man's driving and this bloke just runs out and bang, straight into the hood Dad of the hit car. Him. Dad run him over hmm. and he's bounced off and we've gone, Oh, holy cow. Dad, you've just hit Espanole big time. And dad's, dad's. <laughs> Ironically, that was his name. It's, uh, that was his name. <laughs> I'm quoting directly. And uh, so anyway, dad gets out and then all of a sudden there's like some cops there and these other blokes who are all very keen to be witnesses and they're all going, yeah, yeah, we saw it. The tourist, he came and he ran us over and stuff like that. Hit him at about five k's an hour, right? Because mm. dad was blind and doesn't drive very fast when he's drinking. And uh, so anyway, this bloke is going, oh yeah, I'm really badly injured. And then the police have gone, oh look, this is going to have to go to the magistrates and all this and stuff. And dad's gone, oh, what, what can we do to, to not oh. do that? And they've gone, oh look, I don't know, maybe if you just pay this guy a fine and stuff like that. So dad gives this guy the equivalent of about, I don't know, 500 bucks or something mm. like that, gets fleeced. Yeah. And then as we're driving, like we're reversing out, and then we, as we're driving off, dad checks in the <laughs> rearview mirror and he sees the bloke <laughs> handing some of the cash to the cop. <laughs> oh, he got, yeah, he got Scam. done well. He got done but, well. But then we went back and ran over the cop. Yeah. Well, I mean, shows that. Killed him. And that's why you can't go back to Spain. And because I don't have a dad to take me. Thanks, Liam. <laughs> I don't know why you'd bring that up. One, two, three, five, three. Don't worry, I'm going to get to it. <laughs> Let's save that for when Lawrence Mooney's on. Okay. Okay, another time. One, triple, three, five, three. Have you been the victim of a scam, either, you know, an elaborate one overseas or just here as well? Because I know that, you know, sadly, sometimes pensioners get picked on. Yeah. You know, people come around like uh, posing as gas meter readers and stuff like that. Mm. And they come around and then they say, oh, you, your gas is not working because they shut the gas off. Yeah. And they go, are you having troubles with the gas? Yeah, I'll do it, but I've got to, I'm going to have to charge you for it. It's $50. Oh, look, I'll do it for $50 mm. cash. They yeah. turn the gas back on. Yeah. Old people get fleeced. There's a lot of scams going around. If you've been a victim of a scam, yeah, one, three, five, and maybe three. there's one going around, you know, sitting at the moment yeah. that or people you, should know about. If you're doing one, yeah, you let us know what it is so we can get on it before it's gone. You know, I don't want it to be like Bitcoin. I want to be on the ground floor. One triple three five three. Have you been the victim of a scam? Talking about scams because Liam's got a friend who's pulled one and allegedly. No, not allegedly. Well, That's he's been arrested yeah. for it. Um, I'm not saying whether or not. No, he's I'm saying he's allegedly a friend. No, he's he, no, he's your best mate, and he has been <laughs> charged with um, acquiring money from um, elderly people, seven hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars in a scam. Asking yep. you, have you been scammed? Got Scott in D Y. Hello, Scotty. G'day, mate. How are you? Very That's good. Long time, oh, mate. Great to have you on the show. Always a pleasure. Thank Thanks you. for calling in. Thanks, mate. You've been scammed. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Had to go to court, everything. It was horrendous. Okay, how did it come about? Um, well, I was working at a company for 10 years or so. This new girl turned up and was rather attractive, and um, she was looking for a, a flatmate. And it just so happened that at the time I was looking for a place myself, um, and so we talked and that, and um, I agreed to come around to her place one Friday night and have a look at the place. Mm-hmm. Got around there, she opened the door, and she was in lingerie. No, oh, well, this is pretty good. Hello, <laughs> I've hit the jackpot here. So um, she invited me in, and everything couldn't have been better. She um, was from Venezuela, and she um, helped orphans, and you know, sort of worked for Mother Teresa and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, oh my God, I've landed on my feet. I'm loving anyway. this story, Scotty. I'm loving <laughs> this story. You won't believe the end of it. I don't Mary? see how this could go wrong. No. Well, <laughs> hang on. Um, it turns out that she was a, a serial um, offender. She gets guys into the unit as soon as you're in there. Like, I moved in on a Saturday. Um, I got home, went up, uh, had mates help me move in, and that bought him a few beers and lunch and everything. Got back um, to the uh, unit, and she'd called the police. And I'm like, what'd you call the police for? She said, oh, they'll be here any minute. I'm like, why? She said, oh, you know, I've told them you've done this and that and the other. And I'm like, what? So anyway, the police turned up, and she told them all these stories about how I'd roughed her up and everything. And, of course, there was no evidence for anything, because I hadn't. And, um, uh, yeah. Um, this went on for, for like a couple of weeks and um, I eventually moved out. I'm on Triple M. And, um, sorry, my brother just turned up. And, yeah, I found out through people that lived in the unit that this is what she do. She gets guys in and then as soon as you move in, she gets you sort of to kick out with intimidation threat, calling the police and everything. Mm. And then eBay's all your stuff on um, the internet and sells everything, keeps your bond money and... That and we ended up going through court and everything. And um, oh, I think in... I think she might be called a Venezuelan flytrap. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was the um, I was the insect. For yeah, sure. mate, she's she got you in the clasp there. That's that is terrifying. Because here's the thing, right? Let's be honest. You know, you go around to check out the new flatmate, and it's a Venezuelan woman wearing lingerie. Mm. You go. How quickly can I get my IKEA? Yeah, here's the annoying part as well that blokes aren't smart enough to think of a scam no. like that. We are not clever. No. We are not. Oh, let's just let's just she steal says, his car. She says she knew Mother Teresa. <laughs> Mother Teresa's dead. She said she knew Mother Teresa. She said she was Mother Teresa. She said she said let's lie down and have a talk about this. Craig in Kings Park. Hello, mate. I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. You've got a scam you've been done by. Yeah, mate, I have. Yeah, love your show, by the way, boys. Thanks you very much, Craig. You always a smile to my face, and, ah, and it means a lot. You're a diamond. But um, just um, ways ways back in a previous life, we um, a, a bunch of four of us high achievers in retail managers got sent to Fiji for a um, yeah, for a thank you for what you did. Yeah. And uh, two two days into it, board at, at the resort they sent us to, and after the cinema, seminars that we went through, we thought, no, let's hire a car. There's four of us. We'll go to the city and we'll get some fun. Not five minutes out of getting out of that car in the city, we were absconded by a bunch of Fijian locals who um, came up to us and said, oh, we're tour guides. We can show you around the city, show you a good time. And by the way, um, we had just happened to have some... Um, you know, artifacts here that if you uh, were interested in taking home with you, we can carve your names into them right away. So, of course, stupid, we gave our names up, all four of us, and within seconds, mate, these guys had carved our names into these artifacts and sold them to us at the, uh, probably equivalent of about five Australian dollars at the time, which mm-hmm. we thought was a bargain. Mm-hmm. So, 15 minutes down the road, we're looking for a 
you know, a pub or a club or something else to excite the day. And customs pull us up and go, <clears throat> uh, where'd you buy those artefacts from? And I said, well, the bloke that actually absconded us out of the car at the rank when we got out of the car. And, um, yeah, next thing we found ourselves in customs paying uh, $55 each in fines to have these masks taken off us because they were not allowed to be brought back into Australia. But you hadn't brought them back into Australia. That you, they were still Fiji. Damned right, yeah. damned right royalies, mate. So Fijian mafia remained in uh, in yeah. uh, Fiji with our names on them. Yeah, yeah beautiful. See, the only thing that can fix that, Craig, is about 32 dozen Fiji bitters and a big bowl of karma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you worry. Don't you worry. We did um, smash yeah. some Fiji bitters and we went on a trip yeah. and, and done some karma too just to yeah. uh, soft, soften the blow. So. See, that's all right, mate. <laughs> then all you've done really is paid $55 dickhead tax, and that's fine. Yeah. I'd have paid that twice because I'm an idiot. I'm twice the idiot. That you comes are. out of Mesa's salary every month. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting fleeced right now. Who's in my pocket? Okay, Les in Carlingford. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, really good, mate. All right, you've got a story about being scammed too. Yes, I um, got, got scammed. I've been single for over three years, so I thought I'd finally do the internet, dating website things. Um, started talking to this lovely lady. Um, turned out that she works with a, uh, a certain modelling agency, and so they asked for money for you to, to meet up for 24 hours or how many days. Um, then basically they ask you to transfer money to overseas and you never actually get to meet up. They hit you up for more money for uh, to release the model into your custody. And it just never happens. So I'm out about four and a half grand. Oh, Liz! Liz, did you think it was weird that you had a chance with Miranda Kerr? No, no, I was going for a sister. Oh. <laughs> but Liz, where was she? What country was she in? Uh, she's, she's in Australia. She's in Sydney. Oh, okay, all right. So it was just a local thing, and you spent four and a half thousand dollars to meet with a model, and you never met her. No, you, Les, I hate to break this to you. The, the woman that you wanted to meet, her name's Graham. She's <laughs> she's in Borkham Hills, and she's married to another woman. Ah, uh, and her that's name's Graham, and they've just bought a speedboat. Thanks, Les. 25-odd minutes, actually. We're going to cross to the coverage with the boys for tonight's NRL match. And joining me in the studio, Dan Ganane, Ryan Girdler. Gentlemen, welcome. Yes, hello. Hey, guys. Good to have you here, fellas. All right, so probably, uh, what is it, 14th and 6th on the ladder position. Titans uh, v St. George. Yes. Uh, probably, you know, not a season-defining game for either. But the odds are good for both teams. Well, the dra- this is the sort of game the Dragons have to win, don't they? I mean, they're, they're likely to play finals, but, you know... They won't be easy, the Titans, but um, if the Dragons are going to go on and play finals, they have to put the Titans away. It won't be easy. And for the and for the Titans, I think it is a season-defining yeah. game. I mean, uh, they're on 12 points at the moment. They've got a bye to come, push them up to 14. But of the last sort of eight games left, they're going to have to win six or five or six of those comfortably with a decent four and against, which theirs is pretty poor at the moment. Mm. To, to make the finals, and a lot of people had them in the finals at the start of the year, so it's been a pretty poor season for the Titans, and I know they've had some injuries, but all in all, uh, they'd be disappointed. Is it injuries that's kind of made them um, achieve a little less? Something's not right, Mez. They used to be the most honest team, yeah. didn't they? They used to just you know play their role, play 80 minutes hard, wait for other teams to fade. Well, last year, that's how they made the finals. The grind. The grind. They, yeah. were, the be- they were close to the best at it this year. They're giving up something like 26 points a game. They, they just don't have the, the discipline that they, they used to have. Is it Hain? Yeah, well, is it, the, uh, the Hain effect? You it, know, I mean, 
It's really hard to tell. It, it's really hard to tell. I think because they're up on the Gold Coast too, so you don't sort of read the local press, so you don't really understand the effect he's had. But you would have to say at the moment, a club, look, he came out last week and he was the difference in the second half. Yeah. Scored two tries, set up another one, ran for 190 metres. Um, that's certainly the position I think they need to play him to get the best out of him and to justify the wage that he's on. But I think up until last week, we haven't seen at club level a lot of no. what he was like when he left. Players said last year when sorry, he turned Sorry, Gerds has been drinking. He's just got to vomit into <laughs> yeah. a bin. I'm sorry. He does this on a Friday, <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Apologies. At least Dan, the I mean, I'm glad it's come out on your show. Not usually as it usually puke. does on a Friday. It hasn't stopped since oh, game two. God. Jesus um, Christ. Mate, put down the Southern Comfort, you... <laughs> Southern You're Comfort. A, oh, he's a dirty, oh, dirty oh, beast. What's he do? Steve oh, Law's drink that. of choice. What is he? he does, what's he mixing it with Fanta? Why are you doing that, Gerds? <laughs> Shivers Rugal, man. You're a quality act. I was like, you kidding, know, of course, <laughs> as if it was going to be something. Something comes with blues. No one drinks that. <laughs> you right there, good? Yeah, I'm good back. I'm back, boy. Sorry about that. Yeah, but Dan, well done. You just took straight. You saw it coming, didn't you? And yeah, you just, just, he just took the off. Good team, Dan and I. <laughs> uh, sorry, Dan, your point? Oh, I can't remember. I was just, <laughs> I was just trying to save him. He I was covering me. I don't know what the hell I was saying. Oh, no, the team last year admitted when Hayne turned up, that they just expected that all of a sudden things were going to change. So it's not even necessarily Haynes' fault. The players sort of decided, oh, they're going to be more, they're going to have more flair and they're going to be more attacking. So they sort of lost what they were about. Their identity went out the window. Dan, this time last week you came in here and you were ruined the fact, yeah, you ruined the fact that you were going off to see a Swans match. The Swans played last week in uh, against the Bombers in a pretty uh, dour affair for a lot of it, and it wasn't really decided until the last minute or so, Mm -hmm. and a pretty spectacular end. What did you think of that, Dan? Look, (laughs) Mez and uh, and company, I I, uh, look, I enjoyed it. Okay, I admit it. I went there for the free booze. I turned up at half time because we're calling the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so I didn't get there till half time. And then, you know, it was uh, a box and, you know, it was lovely. And I don't get to do that often. So, as m- most of us don't. So I went and had a few drinks with four minutes to go. Essendon were up by 19. And mm-hmm. a few of us said, we better actually just watch some of this. I mean, if we're going to be here at the SCG, we better watch some yep. of this. Mm. Well, bloody hell. It was unbelievable. <laughs> there is nothing, Mez. Look, I don't want to get into a thing about other. Um, MCG is great. Mm. Well, there is nothing like the SCG in any sport when yep. it is rocking. It yep. is the best place. It's the place. I, I love know. when that happens in sport every now and again yep. too because it really punishes the early lever. Yes. You know the yes. guy that, you <laughs> yeah, know, they want to yeah. beat the traffic with 10 minutes to go. They think there's no chance and then they miss the best finish of all time because yep. they're just lazy. Well, you know the worst And they lever. don't want to sit in traffic. You know the worst uh, crime, the worst early leave crime of all time. Mark Waugh left the SCG before Steve got that famous 100 at the SCG oh. against England. And Mark left because he wanted to put a bet on at the trots. I did not know that. Yeah. I yeah. did not He's know left. that. He thought there's no way Steve can get it tonight. I did not know that. Oh, isn't that, isn't that an hey, outrageous but the big, crime? The big question is, Dan, oh, wow. did the horse win? <laughs> <laughs> Boys, we'll get the coverage of tonight's game from 6pm tonight with our very own Triple M call team, Dan Ganane, Ryan Girdler. Thank you for your time. See you, man. See you, man. See you, I won't be here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Uh, next week, I'll be on annual leave. Or the week after, Mess. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, two and, weeks. That's right. And uh, well-deserved, some people would say. Not many. Would they? No, my wife <laughs> would. That'd be it, I reckon. Cause really, where are you going, having, Miss? Having holidays from a not-real-job is kind of weird. I've never figured it out. I don't know why I get holidays. Anyway. Don't try and talk yourself out of the holidays. Like, no. No. No, I like them. I don't know why they give them to us. Seriously, it's not like this is a job.
I mean, I don't, it's not. He's talking to a stick for God's sake. I keep telling this, but I'd do this job for free. I swear to God, I would. Hey, if you want to sling your paycheck to me every month, no, we I can make I that happen. No, I didn't say I wanted to do that. Okay. Anyway, what are we talking about? You're I'm going to Singapore. Week. So it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm going to go on holidays with my family for a, a week or two. Well, And how days. many days until you get sick of it? No, I won't get sick of, of the holiday. I love being with my family. No, your family. No, I love my oh, family. Okay. I'm not like you, Liam. I, love <laughs> I don't t- uh, talk about how I don't love my family off air. Not like you at all. Uh, no, I love my family and I'm looking forward to um, watching them enjoy themselves whilst I'm drinking from a bar somewhere. Are you going to bring uh, producer Maddie and I back a present? Yes, I am. A kilogram of heroin each from Singapore. Is that what you wanted? Yes. That's what you guys asked for. <laughs> Is that what you wanted? Yes. Okay, cool. No dramas. I'll just put that into my phone as a memo <laughs> so that we can get away with it clean. I've clearly had too many Sudafed this week. It has been an absolute pleasure, Sydney. Thanks very much for your company, and I really look forward to coming back in a week or so and broadcasting to you again. Be safe. Cheers. Well, it's been a big week in Sydney, and as usual, it's time to call a meeting at the Merrickville Council Chambers to vote on which suburb gave us the best call this week. This week, we played What Did You Mean to Google? And poor Sharon from Penrith. My dear mother, she's going through a hard time with a marriage and she was looking for some self-confidence classes to help bring her confidence up. And there was one that she found for couples and she thought this would be great to help our marriage. She continued reading down and it was all couples get together and have an adult time together. Did she go for it? Oh, I'd rather not talk about it. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty out there. But not as out there as Patrick in Sandy Point, who had a conspiracy theory for us. Have you ever wondered why there's been so many failed attempts to land on the moon? It's because the aliens are on the dark side of the moon and they've foiled just about every attempt. They allowed on them back in 1969 because they knew they were just going to go for a bit of a walk around. They weren't going to do any major exploring. But all the attempts since then have failed because... They, the aliens know they're planning on doing a lot more stuff and the aliens control everything. Breaking news. There is a man drought. Apparently, Camden has a shortage of blokes. But even so, our mate James still struggles to get a date. You know, you try and be the nice guy and um, buy him a drink or take him to dinner, but most of the time they're too stuck up for their own good one, give you the oh. time of day. Although we think we know why. Give us a smooth pick-up line, James. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven or... Oh, you're an you idiot. Know, no. Is that a ladder up your legs or a stairway to heaven? That led Merrick to declare Sydney's most unattractive suburb. Asquith. But then Sharon got on the front foot. I'm really disappointed in you, Merrick. Oh, you sound like every other woman in his life. No. I'm, I'm 37, I'm single, and then I just get told that my area is unattractive. Uh, I just have no hope now, do I? But after the council voted, re-voted, had a smoko, then voted some more, the winning suburb this week is... St Leonard's, where Dudley... Had an offer for Sharon. So you're 37 and you're single in Asquith? Yes, I am. So I work in St. Leonard's and I'm 44. So let me take you out. I'd love to, yes. That would be nice. You two are the most desperate people (laughs) I have ever come across. This is fantastic, Merrick. Let's get behind Sharon and Dudley here. This would be a radio first if we said two people on a date. <laughs> it's never happened to a radio before. I tell you oh, what. Yeah, are you going to pay, Merrick? Yeah, mate, Triple M budget. Which uh, KFC would you like to visit? <laughs> no, no, no. No, McDonald's, the new Chicken Big Mac. Bang. There you yeah. go. Good luck, you two. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. Please sign the visitor's book at Merrickville FM on Facebook or Twitter and tell us about your stay. We might have taken that metaphor too far.